Hello and welcome. I'm Regina, your host and mindset coach. This is the Moms Who Achieve podcast, where we discuss motherhood, mindset, money, and everything in between to equip first-generation changemakers with the tools they need to create the lives they want and deserve by managing their minds and taking massive action. I am super ecstatic that you're here, and I'm hopeful that with an open mind, you'll leave with exactly what you came for. Let's go. Hey y'all, so I'm back. I hope you're doing well. And let me just say that one little thing I've been thinking about is how much I actually code switch and I didn't realize it. Just for example, this podcast, when I go back and listen to myself when I first started, I sounded different almost and not purposefully, but kind of like I wanted to have my podcast voice. (laughs) (laughs) But the more I get comfortable, the more I just like hop on here and I'm myself, which is good because I'm going to be hosting some healing hours where I'm talking to other moms about many different things. I'm super excited. I got my list. I'm ready to go. Every woman has so much shit to offer. Um, We all have amazing stories, experiences, thoughts, so much to share with each other. And that's what I want for this podcast. So I'm super excited about that. I also want to have people come on that may or may not be moms, but they are providing value to moms, to parents. And yo, this podcast just is going to evolve over time. Like what I thought this podcast was going to be like when I first started, it's evolving into something different. So look, I'm rolling with it. I hope y'all are. I am in loving the I am loving the engagement that I'm getting online um, and emails like I'm just grateful. Right. Like I am speaking to you and I love to hear that. Hey, this is this is powerful. And I want you to let me know if there's something specific you want me to talk about or just get my thoughts on or maybe find somebody to talk about on here. Let me know. I'm by no means an expert at all. I am, if you heard my trailer, exploring motherhood, parenthood, mindset, what it means to be a woman, all the things. And at any given time or place, this podcast can be about, you know, all kinds of shit, right? Um, But I do like having my own safe space to share my thoughts. And I can't wait to have other people on here to share theirs, some of which may not agree with me. And that's what I really love because, you know, I've talked about this before, the point of truths, right? And it just being like our own personal beliefs and if it's serving us or not is really what we need to be thinking about. Not that's fact, that's false. Like, is it serving you? Let's get into it. Of course, there is so much shit that we are learning in school since they created the curriculum for school. Uh, Our children now are learning the same shit that we were learning for the most part. Um, And the same kind of environments, although our world has transformed dramatically just in the last 20 years. And I feel like the school systems are maybe the last to evolve. But I can't say too much. I'm not a teacher. I'm not inside of that situation. That's just my observation. However, I always find it crazy how much we how much time we spend in school and how little we actually walk away from it. And one can argue that if you're going to private and these different kinds of schools, then you get more of what you need. And, you know, I can see part of that, but I also feel like that 
public school, if it's something that we're telling families or children need to, to be at and be doing, and, you know, it's important that it should provide basic shit. And that is content that is information that's relevant to an actual human being's life and not lots of busy work bullshit. Um, but today is going to be about something I feel like got to be at least in a top five of shit we should have learned in school and that every person should know. And literally nobody I have ever talked to when I talk about this often has ever heard of it, including myself until I stumbled upon a video on YouTube from my boy, Bob Proctor, who was always putting us up on game. And that is our six higher faculties. So when you think of, this was the example I was given when I was learning this, a horse, a pig, whatever in us, we all have the same organ, same kind of setup, right? The only difference and the only reason that we run this animal kingdom, I guess you would call, is our minds. And that's what the six higher faculty is about. The six higher faculties are six points processes that human beings have that no other animals have, right? And it is what allows us to continue to grow, evolve, and be at the top of the food chain and run this world. So why we don't learn this in school, I really don't know. Maybe they don't know about it. I'm not sure. I'm not fucking sure, okay? But it should be talked about and I'm going to share the knowledge here so that you can know, you can do some more research and you can make sure your babies know. I'm gonna list off the six higher faculties and then I'm gonna go into a little bit about each one and y'all I'm super hyped let me chill out I'm probably all in your headphones like damn let me let me tone it down a little bit my bad I'm just super excited so here we go our six higher faculties that every human being is born with is perception will imagination reason intuition and memory Now, I created a document for you to download. You can print it, screenshot it on your phone so that you have these handy and it'll have like a little excerpt or definition of each. It'll be in the show notes for you to download. Learning is constant space repetition. So this podcast is providing all kinds of information, but it's a learning and doing podcast, right? I typically try to give you something that I've done that I found helpful for you to actually do. Episode one, I talked about having like a notebook of some sort, a binder to keep all your information. People think that knowledge is power, but the application of knowledge is power. How much shit do we know that really is not doing anything for us because we're not putting into practice? Remember that. If you want to learn these and and implement them in real life, you have to go back and re-listen and then hear it from other people. So search this in YouTube and hear it from different kinds of people because we could all be explaining the same exact thing and it hits you different for every person. And how I'm speaking to you and how I'm providing this information may not hit you like if somebody else provides it and vice versa. So I always like, I'll just put in a topic and I just hear different people talk about it. And every single time I pick up on something different because as you listen to something and you repetitively listen to it, even if it's the same thing, every time you listen to it, you are elevating onto a higher frequency, which means that next time you listen to it, you're picking up on something that you couldn't pick up on before. I believe these higher faculties to be extremely important because it further drives the point that we control most of our lives. We can't control 
if circumstances happen, but we can always control how we handle them, how we deal with them. And I find that many of us, myself included, didn't realize how powerful our brains are. Like this is not just a thought. There's research now that talks about how we create the reality we want to live in. And I personally believe that these six higher faculties are the basis of how to do that. But if you don't even know about them, then there's no way that you can strengthen them and use them to the best of your ability. And so we're out here living and doing life unconsciously so that's why I find it important to bring this to the light the first one we're going to talk about is perception now there were several definitions online Um, one being a way of regarding understanding or interpreting something a mental impression the other being the state of being or process of becoming aware of something through the senses And for me to sum it up, to make it clear and easy, it's it's the way we look at shit, right? Like how we see things, the lens through which we look at anything, life, parenting styles, our traumas, uh, how much control we have over people, ourselves, situations, like that's all perception. And it's going to depend on the lens of which you look at it. And an amazing quote here that I think Wayne Dyer said was, you change the way you look at something and what you look at changes. This goes back to us really feeling like shit be facts and it's really not. It's based on how we're looking at it, how we're perceiving it, our interpretation of it. And so perception can serve us so well because we have the choice to decide how we're going to look at something, right? For example, um, I just had this happen. There was a coworker of mine. My perception of that was, you know, she was acting a certain way. Maybe she had a problem with me. Maybe she didn't like me asking her for help. Like that was how I perceived the situation, right? But in reality, she was having a tough time outside of work. It had nothing to fucking do with me. That was my perception and that's how I made it feel And it was real to me, which caused like awkwardness or, you know, you could feel the energy in our interaction with each other. And a lot of it started with me having my preconceived notions about why she's given off certain energy. Perception literally creates the reality that you see, right? Your perception, how you see the world, the lens of which you look at things is truly facts for you. And it is truly why and how you're creating what you're creating. So we can see how this is like crazily important because if I have the perception that money is a root of all evil, money is hard to get, you have to work hard to make money, that's going to be my reality. I can't have anything else because I'm living within this realm of perception, right? A person that feels that way can't get into the vibration and feeling of a person who feels that money is energetic. Money is all around us. Money is an exchange and it constantly flows through me. If they feel like money is lacking, that you have to work hard for it, that it's evil, that is two separate energies. So they're going to attract two separate situations and experiences in regard to money. Parenting. Let's talk about teens. The perception of many people is that teenagers suck They have horrible attitudes. They're difficult to be around. They're hard to raise. They, you know, all these negative connotations, right? Whereas, and I I had those thoughts before I was raising teenagers because that was my reality because that's what I heard. So I just assumed it to be true. Hence, that's how 
teenagehood in my house started off. That was the kind of thoughts I had going into raising a teenager. And so if I'm coming in with that energy, that was the reality I created for myself. So transitioning to conscious parenting has helped me learn that teens have brains like toddlers in a lot of different ways. So they're impulsive and they have emotional outbursts for scientific reasons that can be backed up by brain developmental studies, right? Which then helps me to better understand my teens. And then also I'm learning that they want to have more freedom. They still need you, but in a different way. They're trying to find themselves and they don't like to be forced to do or not do anything. So when I created that perception for myself, I now have a relationship with my teens that it is a give and take. It is a partnership. It is an understanding. Now, does that mean I don't revert back to those very deep-seated beliefs that I had about kids in general? Yeah, no, no, no. I was about to say yes. No, I revert back more often than I would like. The difference though, is that I know it's wrong. And so I can apologize about it. I can assess myself. I can hold myself accountable and how I'm going to show up moving forward. And I can apologize and we can grow in that. Whereas previously, I didn't have that belief, this new belief I have around raising teenagers. And so I would have never held myself accountable. I would have never apologized. Like for what? Because in my perception, you are a teen and that means X, Y, Z. So you can see how perception is so important to our baseline reality. And it's important for us to check our perceptions. What do I think about these behaviors, this situation, these people, these thought processes, my life? What like many of us are doing things on a daily basis that we do not want to do and we don't realize consciously that we are creating that for ourselves and that we literally can do what we want to do. I was talking to a mom the other day and she hated where she lived and it didn't dawn on her that you actually can move. Like we know we can move, but like, hold up, I can really just change all of this shit. Yes. You can change anything. So if you are listening and you are doing something on a regular basis that you just hate, you despise, I would suggest that you do some work around that. What do you want for your life? And is everything aligning with that? We only got one life to live, y'all. And we're not promised tomorrow. And many of us are stuck in the mundane of got to do this, got to do this now. I don't want to, but I got to do this now because in the future, because in the future, because in the future. No, Be mindful of the life you want now and make sure things that are aligned. Now, that doesn't mean that every single thing we do is going to be so fun and we love it, but it should be aligned. If you know that you don't want to work until the government identified retirement age, but you're not saving anything, you're not compounding your retirement, you're not into different streams of income, you're not investing, you're just working and spending, that doesn't align. So just think about that. And I think with all of these, the important, the most important part is going to be really getting into that belief that you have control over this. You have control over all situations that you are in. You have control over the way you're seeing them, how you're perceiving them. So if you're looking to improve your perception, for me, the first thing is starting with self. Like you want to assess yourself. You want to journal about or do a voice memo on your phone 
about your thoughts, your belief systems, what you think about, you know, the the main things that you're having trouble with or things you want to improve, where those came from. You want to have a good grasp on being self-aware and doing some reflection with yourself on yourself so that if you have a perception that's not serving you in one way or another, you can easily point that out for yourself and change it. But if you're not self-aware, you can't do that because you won't even know that it's not serving you and you can't be self-aware if you're not doing the work to really sit and assess you and your thoughts. And make sure you leave judgment out of this. That's bad. I should never think that way. Many of us have a lot of shame around our beliefs and how we really feel. Um, But those were created like they didn't just come out of nowhere. Nine times out of 10, these were created through your experiences or what you heard as a child. So, I mean, this doesn't have to be told to the world, but you you have to be honest with yourself in order to improve your perception, though, so that you're perceiving things in a way that's serving you and, you know, the world as a collective. And you also want to make sure you have an open mind, right? Like when I was transitioning from traditional parenting to conscious parenting, there was a point in time where I was not open-minded at all. I shut down any talk around the concepts that were talked about in the conscious parenting space. A lot of that had to do with shame and the inability to accept that what I was doing wasn't serving. Because then I thought, well, if I loved my kids, why would I be doing something that's not serving them? Again, whole episode, right? (laughs) And we'll get to that. In order to change, I had to have an open mind. The biggest benefit that I had was that I wanted to strengthen the relationship with my then teen and prevent certain things from happening with my younger child at the time. It's right before I had my third child and I just knew I wanted to do something differently. So that umph, that inner just need to seek and make sure that I'm doing the best for them. And I also, I mean, we know, right? We may act like we don't know. The brain likes to tell us we do not know because it keeps us in this loop of confusion and spiraling, whereas we really need to be doing the work. So I knew, but I had to keep letting those seeds drop. And at one point, I opened my mind and opened my mind and opened my mind. So much came to me that would have never came to me had I not had an open mind about it. I would have shut down many powerful insights that I had myself in situations with my kids in real time. Had I not had an open mind to hear what they were saying, really see past the behavior, even in and also in relationships with my husband, like I have a habit of feeling right all the time, working through it, totally a toxic trait of mine. (laughs) And being able to let the guards down a little bit and hear perception, his thoughts, his side, just solely because they are his, not because we're on opposite sides of the fences or we are frenemies or I'm right and you're wrong. Like if I remove that lens from me listening to him, most often it makes a lot of sense. And even times when I disagree I still can come from a place of that's your opinion. It's okay for you to have an opposing opinion. And this is why I feel the way I feel. There's a big difference. So me keeping an open mind also is related to me being curious. And I find that I learn so much more now because my mind isn't enclosed with I'm right. This is my belief. It's non-changeable. And I'm just stuck in this mindset of staying the same, I guess. 
the more I keep an open mind, the more I learn from all of the people around me, you know, people that I see and I may have preconceived judgments about them or who they are. The less I do that, the more I experience people in the moment for who they are, the more I learn, the more I pick up and the more I can grow myself, which is going to help everybody out. Right. So, yeah, in order to improve this faculty, do some journaling, some self-reflection, be aware of your thoughts and assess if those are serving you. And then you can actually create the beliefs you want to have so that you are living intentionally. The second higher faculty that we're going to discuss is the will. And this just means the ability for us to concentrate on one thing to the exclusion of everything else. Oftentimes we're all over the place. We can't stay on one idea long enough. We can't stay focused on something. But the more you practice on strengthening this faculty, the better you'll be at concentrating your thoughts on one thing. And why that's important is when you really think hard and you really concentrate, you increase the vibrations in your mind. Like, remember, we're all energy. We're all vibrating. And when you increase those vibrations, you increase your level of thinking, which means you increase your power. You increase the reality creating abilities that you have for yourself and for your life and for the amazing things you want to bring to this world. And that's where amazing ideas, you know, can foster from being a thought to you thinking really hard about it, creating an amazing space and go from being just a thought to you actually thinking on a higher level about it and bringing it to reality. Example or one way strengthening your will is to light a candle and just sit and pretty much meditate on that fire, that flame, until you become one with that flame. Your mind will want to go all over the place. You just bring it right back. Your mind veer off, bring it right back. You're looking at the flame. You're looking at the flame. Mind goes off something else, bring it right back. And just keep doing that and doing that. And over time, you're training your brain, you're training your mind to focus on that flame until you're now just one with that flame, which to me sounds like meditation. Another example he gave was to like, put a dot on a wall across from you and the same thing. So just focusing on something and training your brain that it is doing what you're telling it to do and you don't allow it to go in all these different directions. That leads us into the third faculty, reasoning. So reasoning is our ability to create thoughts. Like we pull thoughts from the ether, from the you know space around us, from other people because we're all energy Thoughts are just kind of moving and grooving and flowing. We have that ability to do that, to pick up thoughts. And we also have the ability to create our own thoughts by our inductive reasoning factors. This is how we can build an idea. This is said to be one of our highest powers because that is just basic amazement to be able to have to go from nothing to now creating this idea. And then you use your other faculties to bring those ideas to life. But you train your brain to actually think like when you have a problem how can I solve this again our brain wants to tell us I don't know I never did that I need help I need someone else to tell me that's really not true when we just take the time which we are in such a fast-paced living environment now but if we take the time to just think journal or just assess in our minds if I did know the answer to this what would it be that's a super powerful question because when you say I don't know to a question You are literally shutting off that part of your brain that is going to think and find the answer. 
doesn't mean that it's the best answer, that it's going to lead you to where you want it to go, but you know. So asking how can I solve this problem? In what ways can I look at this differently? How can I get creative on how I approach this? Like using the amazing abilities we have to think about an idea concept in so many different ways. I feel like our reasoning factor is affected by childhood in a lot of ways. One being that if you were raised traditionally or even in society, right, it's not even about like your parenting skills when they go to school, when they're at church, when you're in all these environments, just because of our culture, that children don't have the answer for themselves and that adults have the right answer. You know, I said this, so it must be true. I'm asking you to do this, so do that. We And we don't leave much space for children to critically think about, do I want to do that? How would I feel about that? Like using those thinking skills or reasoning factors, even down to making sure our kids are doing so much stuff all the time. We remove the chance for them to kind of think for themselves and create ideas because they're constantly go, 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 go and doing what someone else has told them to do. So just a thought that I've had when I think about the reasoning factor. Reasoning factor, another way to look at it is just critical thinking skills, right? I looked up how to strengthen your reasoning factor because for me, when I think about that, the only thing that really came to mind was observing my thoughts and also observing what I want and creating ideas from that with no judgment. This is a faculty that I am really working on. And so when I looked it up to help myself, some of the really good points that came up were to be very observant of your surroundings, of people, of places, of things, kind of look at things with a new eye and be curious about them. And one of the biggest things is like focusing on how things work, which is something that I actually didn't realize, but I don't care to do. Like I talk to people who, love to have conversations around, oh, this is why we do this. This is like, and I have always had the thought, what do we do? How do we do it? Boom. Not like the intricate intricates of like how it came to be. I just want the solution. I've always been very solution driven, which takes out a whole lot of experience of me working my brain to help increase my critical thinking skills. So that was really cool to realize. And again, practicing problem solving skills, like every problem we have, there is a solution. And we are very quick to tell ourselves, I don't know, and go somewhere else and go outside of ourselves. But take some time, the next problem you have, big or small, doesn't matter. Maybe maybe set a timer five or 10 minutes and sit with that problem and tell yourself, I know the answer. Yourself say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Then say, if I knew the answer, what would it be? And don't move until you come up with something. You'll be amazed at how much we really do know, but we just haven't practiced getting in tune with that inner knowing. I really like to hone in on being curious because I've been practicing this and even just with people I don't know, probably never would have really spoken to outside of this intentional living. And it always amazes me that when I am curious with people in my space, I always learn so much and my mind creates new ideas for me every single time because everybody is an expert at something or at the very least, they know more than you about something. They can share something with you that will serve you. And ever since I realized that 
although it seems kind of awkward in most settings because people aren't used to that. But I really try to start conversations with people in an appropriate surrounding, obviously, and learn from them, get curious with no strings attached, just like start the conversation. And it always trails to me walking away, just feeling invigorated and feeling like I just got some new shit and I have because even if what they're telling me is not new information as they're talking as I'm processing what they're saying and I'm staying open-minded and curious I'm picking up on a lot of different ideas that I never had access to prior to that our fourth faculty the memory so many people will say oh my memory's shot oh I just can't remember anything and Many of the philosophers teaching this will challenge that and say, no, everyone has a perfect memory. We just have weak memories because we live in an easy world. We don't have to really memorize many things. There's a book, I believe, called The Memory Book that teaches you how to remember so many different things down to names and all of these different aspects that we tend to forget. I haven't read it yet, but I was told that it was amazing and helping you to memorize things in many different platforms levels and topics so I'll link the book in the show notes so that you can check it out if you like I'm also going to post a YouTube video that I watched with uh, Jim Quick being interviewed he's like the world leading expert in speed reading memory improvement and there was this short video that was really cool he talked about the 10 ways to improve brain function which of course then helps improve all different types of things including your memory and I thought that it was amazing one of the things that stood out for me he talked about these 10 things and saying that people will listen to them and pretty much probably already know all of them to be true but they're still not getting the results that they want and a quote he said that I really liked was common sense is not common practice leads me back to we have all this knowledge we know all these things but we are not doing the work and he emphasizes on you have to do all 10 things you can't do eight of them and be like oh but I'm still not getting the results I want you have to do all 10 there is no quick fix so in this video I thought it was really awesome to get these 10 quick ways to improve your brain function because that's going to allow you to have better memory and show up better in the world every day I believe we're on number four now intuition So our intuition is our conscious ability to pick up vibrations, right? We're all energy. Bob Proctor defines us as big masses of energy in a high speed of vibration. So we can pick up the energy of the people in places, environments around us. And it's our way of God letting us know, like you ever had those gut feelings of something? I've had it very, very often. The more I elevate as a person and i get closer to my inner knowing and Gus. I really like the way people are using this Gus word. So it stands for God, universe, source. And the whole point being is that no matter what name you're putting on it, we're talking about a higher power outside of ourselves. So I really like Gus because it kind of encompasses, you know, whatever you want to call God. It's our ability to pick up energetic messages around us and they come from God. There are many ways that we can strengthen our intuition, but some of them that I find have been helpful for me and or I plan to practice are, of course, meditating. And this is just when we're sitting quiet, you are just 
observing your thoughts. There's people have many different thoughts around meditation. I'm 100% not the guru around that. I struggle a lot with it, but I do find that when I do it, even for five minutes, the rest of my day just flows. And I believe for me, it brings me back into the presence of who I am and where I am and not very much future focus, which is where I struggle. Obviously, in order to strengthen your intuition, you have to start using it and building that relationship. So practice listening to that gut feeling that you have, where it's like you should even down to I've had, this happens a lot where I have small, where I would deem small things, but they end up really impacting me. Like I remember um, there may be a time where I'm about to leave out the house. I'm about to run. It looks decent outside, but I see an umbrella and something tells me to grab it. And I'm like, eh, I'll be fine. And then where we're going, it is pouring down raining by the time I get there. That's happened a few times or I typically like to bring my book bag with me when I go places because it has my computer in case I need to you know I have a chance to do some work and there has been times where uh, I'm just gonna be going to point a point b and coming back and I see my book bag and something tells me go ahead and grab it just in case and when that thought comes to me and I did not do that I always end up in a place where I have prime time to do some amazing work like maybe at a play maybe at a play place for my children. So they're off playing, doing their thing. And I'm just sitting here feeling as though I'm wasting a lot of time. I've had cash sitting out on the counter and something told me to grab it before I left out. I use everything on my card, you know, or my phone, Apple Pay. And every time I end up in a situation where someone only takes cash or I needed cash to get whatever it is that I saw that I wanted. When you have a gut feeling to do something, to grab something, I've had that down to grabbing wipes before I leave and meet that I got some in a car and I didn't. Like, I know that that's my higher power. Like, you're going to need this. Go ahead and grab it. So those are small things. But anytime you have a feeling, I've had this feeling at work. I've had a feeling to say something to somebody, to start a conversation, and the conversation has led into me hearing exactly what I needed to hear. Same with this podcast. I toyed with this idea for a long time, and I started recording voice memos in my phone just for fun. Like I didn't have any inkling that I was really going to start one, and it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And I decided to just go for it and start it. And it's turned to be very powerful for other people, but also for myself, because I'm learning my voice here. I'm learning to hold myself accountable because if I'm sharing information and I'm showing up, that causes me to also be doing that on the back end, doing the work to make sure that I'm providing the best information that I can for you all. And prime example, I do moms who achieve shout outs at the end of these episodes and A few episodes ago, you might see that there were none for like one or two episodes. I had decided like, eh, no one probably cares about those anyway. You know, it's extra work to find people, you know, and people who are vulnerable enough to, you know, moms that are willing to put themselves out there and share about themselves. So I stopped and decided, yeah, I'll just let that go. I kid you not, the very next day, someone I met online had mentioned that she loved that. And I was like, wow, that's funny you said that because... As of yesterday, I decided not to do them. She was like, no, keep that. And I listened to that. That was a message for me because I know that I've been toying with that idea and it came to me. The answer came to me by that way. If I get an instant to call somebody or reach out to somebody, I really try to follow that. And nine times out of 10, if they're open to being vulnerable, a lot of times they would say, I'm so glad you reached out. 
I've been going through it or anything. They just needed to hear what I had to say. I've randomly sent voice memos to people of encouragement. I feel like anything that comes to my mind is for good reason. And the more we listen to our intuition, that's how we strengthen the relationship so that eventually it'll be just a no brainer. You'll be so used to following that, that it won't even make sense to do anything else. Other things connecting with nature. I feel like we are one with nature used to not be a big outside person really because like I'm afraid of spiders and I have these different concepts of being outside but I started like going to parks and hiking a couple of summers ago and as of last summer we went camping a few times and the more I connect with nature just it increases my life in every single area every single area doesn't matter what area you're talking about it increases my life And I'm talking not going to the park every day, not hiking every day. Those are all great. But literally stepping outside in my backyard, making it an environment where I want to be out there. This will be my third summer, I believe, or fourth gardening. That in itself is healing. So I definitely believe connecting to nature will help us to strengthen this faculty because intuition is connected to our higher source. And I really feel like nature has a lot to do with that. Fasting from technology, having a day where you don't, you're not on your phone, or maybe you turn it off earlier. Like this can be done in many different ways, but being intentional on disconnecting yourself from technology. And then, of course, getting in tune with yourself because your intuition is your higher power, which in tune is you, right? Like we're all interconnected. What does that look like for you? It could be painting, it could be journaling, anything that gets you in a creative space where you kind of even lose the concept of space and time is a great way to connect with yourself and strengthen your intuition. I left this last one because personally, it's my favorite. And this last one is our imagination. I know when you think of that, if you take some time to think about it, you're going to think of children because we have conditioned ourselves. We were conditioned that imagination is for children. We actually, I don't know if it's intentionally or if it's subconsciously, do the greatest work to remove that from our children, even by way of school. It's a bad thing for children to daydream. That's frowned upon at school, not focusing, doodling while the teacher is talking. We put this negative connotation on imagination after a certain age. You know, when a baby is born and they're one or two, it's awesome to watch them explore the world around them, try new things like they are just go getters. They want to see everything, do everything, try everything. They have no fear. And as they grow older, we, I think, for the most part, subconsciously remove that from them. We suppress that, I should say. We give them lots of tasks to do. We need to see you doing something productive. We want them to focus. We don't create space for them to just be and explore. And that's why I love play so much. That is the number one thing. Like with our younger kids, there is no um, instructional teaching. This is no shots against anyone who's doing it. But for me, and just from the research that I've read, up until seven, play should be all there is. And I'm a little selfish with it because it makes my life easier. So I think that's why it's been so easy for me to embrace the unschooling lifestyle because it's so much easier in a lot of different ways. But if we can just realize that imagination is not only for children, we always have imagination. We just suppress it as we get older. But our imagination is our most powerful force. It allows us and gives us the ability to create. When you think of something, It always flashes a picture on the screen of your mind. Like if I say, think of your house, 
your car, your first child, a picture of all of those are going to pop up in your mind. Same with creation, the phone, the computer, the car you're in, all of that was once just a thought in someone's head and it came from you them using their imagination to create that. So imagination is very powerful because it's the way we take an idea and bring it to reality. There was a study done, counterclockwise study in 1979 that you should totally look up. I'll just actually leave it in the show notes for you to watch a little synopsis about it. But she basically took these old men and put them in environments and kind of made it to where it was like 20 years prior and gave them things to do. Pretty much just brought them 20 years back. And in one week, the results of this study was amazing at how they looked younger. A lot of them walked in with canes, if not all of them. And I believe none of them needed those a week later. It was just really an amazing study to see how powerful our thoughts are and using our imagination can be for us. The technical definition for it is the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. So these are not external things. These are only in the mind and everything that was created started off in one person's mind as an idea. It's your creativity. It's your ability to be resourceful. For me, I look at it as the building blocks of everything you want to create. A lot of the same things came up when I was looking up how to improve your imagination. I know for me, it was really about fun, having fun, getting in tune with that fun side of you that is not focused on outcomes or how you look, how you represent yourself. And other things that came up were along the same lines of the previous one we talked about, being in nature, meditating, doodling, drawing, thinking of ways you can create a better space, even in your home. How can you create a space where it's fun, it's playful, it brings out that inner knowing of you? And if we wanna make sure this stays intact with our children, we should be mindful of how much we're putting on them to do and how much free time they have to just explore themselves, their environment, and do what they want. And I'm wondering, as you are listening to all of these, like which one resonates with you as something you'd like to strengthen first? You know, usually where you think you need the most work. For me, it's totally imagination. I am a very, I had created a story of myself of being a very solution focused person, but that has buried my imagination. It does not serve me. And as I level up as a person in the things I want to do both personally and professionally, I am tapping into visualizing my future, creating the future I want, creating things that are not yet here. And that takes a lot of imagination. So that is where I'm working on the most right now. And Of course, these six things are showing up for you every day in all kinds of ways. So if you want to strengthen them in general, I think the number one thing to do is to be aware, to really try to be present in the moment that you're in. And lastly, the entire point of knowing what our six higher faculties are and strengthening them is so that we can show up in this world as our higher selves. Because I feel like if you do that and I do that and we're raising human beings that do that, The world can't do anything but thrive. 
So today I want to do a shout out to the learning process of motherhood. And I have a story to share of where I actually had a learning experience myself. So I have some amazing mom shout outs coming for sure. But this week I really wanted to talk about an experience that I learned from because that's a shout out in itself. I was once a person that didn't take too kindly to learning experiences or I had negative thoughts around doing the wrong thing. And I still work through that for sure. But last week, I shared a post from Kid Advice about her thoughts on a video that went viral on TikTok where the parents weren't deeming their behavior as conscious parenting, but the internet did. And she did an amazing job of explaining the difference between traditional parenting and conscious parenting. And one thought that comes up that was actually talked about was, Why do we even have to label parenting styles? And I wish that we didn't have to, and maybe to some people you don't. But for me personally, how I used to parent my kids and how I parent them now is night and day. And so that distinction was what helped me to see that what I was doing wasn't serving them and I was actually harming them. At one point I thought that what I was doing, of course, was the best for them. Most of us are not waking up each day trying to figure out What is the best way we can damage our kids? We're doing the best we can with the tools we have. And thankfully, there are people out here like Kid Advice and other coaches that are doing the work to help us see that our thoughts around parenting, especially if they come from the past and how our parents were parented and how they parented us, typically does not serve our children now in the future and so then our society. So I shared this post and I shared it in several mom groups because when I learn something or I see something amazing, like I always want to share it. It did not go the way that I thought it would go. I didn't really think too much about how it would go in the first place, but I got lots of pushback. I would say at least 75% of the comments on all of those threads, unless it was in a conscious parenting group, were negative. You know, they were upset. They were offended. I was coming across very judgmental and they felt that I was judging this mom who didn't even say that she was a conscious parent to begin with. The internet just took her video and rolled with it. I had many thoughts around that, but one of the insights that came to me through conversation with other moms that I trust about, you know, when things like this come up is that I think that the message should be told to everyone. I have a unique experience in that I am doing the work to help moms see how our behaviors could be harming our children. And I also am a former traditional parent. Most of the conscious parenting coaches, most of the conscious parenting influencers are, have always been conscious parenting, or they don't share that part of them. I personally feel like that part of me is why people would listen to me or why they would connect with me. Because there was a point in time that I was that parent. And when there was someone coming online telling me, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, and this is why, I could never relate because you don't know my experience and you've never done what I am doing. You actually think it's horrible. How could anyone hit their child? How could anyone do X, Y, and Z? And yet I was the parent that was doing that. And so I actually aim to use my story to help moms who are currently still in that mindset, see that, hey, if you decide that you want to change, you can, because I did. So what I learned from that lesson, though, was that I did that in the wrong space. I welcomed 
Some people may disagree. Like some people feel like, no, it needs to go out everywhere. Everyone needs to see it. And to a certain extent, I, I feel that way too. That's why I posted it. However, I do know as I'm growing in my practice and coaching people and helping them see what's within that I can never create an insight that you can create for yourself. I can give you tips and tricks in my opinion and all of that, but the real change comes from having insight about what we're talking about. And it's never going to happen. That would never happen me throwing this thought process to onto other people. So I learned that maybe not that I should not have shared it in those groups, but that it's not my job to convince people of anything. It's my sole purpose to live as authentically as I can and people will be attracted to me that need what I'm sharing. That was a big insight for me as I'm growing in the space of getting to know more people, building a community around what we're talking about here because we can never help someone transition from a space of judgment, which was not my intent, but that's how these moms took it because this wasn't the space for that. And when you are raising your children a certain way and then someone brings along this huge concept that you never heard of, like our brain's job is to be like, hold on, no, that's wrong. Continue doing what you're doing so that you can stay safe. Like our brains don't like us to change. But it was the first time that I think I shared something like that and kind of felt awful afterwards. Like, dang, I should delete this. And I didn't. It is what it is. It's a learning experience. And I do feel I did create some good conversations on those groups around this kind of thing. There were some moms who were interested. So today I just wanted to share that. It's been on my heart. I've learned a lot. And just again, send love and hugs to all of us that are doing this hard work. We're all in different stages, but we all are doing it together. And I encourage you to reach out to a mom that you know can support you and that you can support them. It's amazing. That wraps up this week. I hope you found value. Please share with a mom friend subscribe and leave a review. This helps this podcast to get into the minds of those who need it most. I would love to hear what you think about the episode. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Who Achieve. Looking forward to chatting with you next week. Take care.